You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I am your host, as always, John Chapman. And, man, let's talk some football. You know, it, there are four teams left in the NFL that are in the position that we are in moving into Championship Sunday. And, you know, I constantly keep doing this, you know, pull back and look at where we were to where we are now, whether that's long term, you know, you want to go back decades, you want to go back wherever, it doesn't matter. But where we have been to where the 49ers faithful is now, it's nothing short of it's amazing. You know, three years into this coaching staff and front office, we have great things happening. You had the two kind of building years, whatever else, and now it's nothing but special uh, what's happening. And just want to say thank you to everybody that is joining us. I understand this is a lot earlier than we usually go live on Mondays, um, but hey, it, it's a crazy, crazy busy week. We've got the national championship going on tonight in college football, which is going to be a lot of fun. Really excited to watch that. A whole lot of draft talent out there. Um, I'm a huge Dell Pitt guy, but... 
you know, I wanted to get this out just because I want to make sure that we have time to give adequate <laughs> time and episodes to what's going on this week. You know, and the NFL released the football film, the coaches film early, and we're going to jump into that as well. And as always, if you guys have any questions, please just tag me in whatever chat, whether you are on YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, Twitch, wherever. Just put at John at the front and we'll be able to get to that. Uh, no problems there. But we're going to be going over a lot. One, uh, we're going to go back through the offense of tape of the victory over the Minnesota Vikings. You know, we won 27-10. to 10. We'll talk about who played well, who didn't. You know, we had the instant reaction show right after the victory over the Minnesota Vikings. But what I want to do today is just focus, one, just on individual performances, some different things like that, and also peek ahead to the Vikings, or to the Packers. We got to do that, right? Uh, you know, you got the number one versus the number two seed. We'll do a full scouting report episode. So if you guys do have questions, drop those in on the chat, and we'll get to those. Uh, real quick from Blue Panda. John, do you think we will blow out the Packers again? I don't think we're going to blow them out. You know, if we go back to... When we played them, you know, we won 37 to 8. <laughs> we were 10 and 1. They were 8 and 3 at the point, and everybody thought this was going to be such a close game. They didn't score a point in the first half. It was 23 to 0 before the game got going. And if you go back to just a couple like rare stats with what happened with Aaron Rodgers, you know, he throws 33 pass attempts, and it only goes for 104 yards, which it, there's only been four other quarterbacks in NFL history, okay? He's the fifth one to have 33 pass attempts and go for 104 yards or fewer. That's it. There's, and the other ones were Kyle Bowler, Brady Quinn, Josh Freeman, and Andy Dalton. You know, one of the best things about technology is you save all these things from you know months ago, and you can go back and take a peek and figure out kind of what was going on. But it was just an awful game from the start. They got out of their game plan. They couldn't run it. They couldn't do anything they wanted. Now, can we replicate that? I don't think that we can. Um, is it possible? Sure. But, um, you know, everybody wants to get into the mystique of, yeah, well, playoff Aaron Rodgers and all those different things. And, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is great. Should have been the number one overall pick by the 49ers. I don't think anybody disputes that. You know, Alex Smith, I love me some Alex Smith, really, really do. But what's happened with Aaron Rodgers and what he's been able to do is nothing short of amazing. But... Let's dive in just a little bit into the mystique or whatever you want to call it of Aaron Rodgers. He's 10 and 7 in the playoffs. That's his career playoff record, which is solid. Not trying to knock that, but it's not like, hey, hold on here. He's all amazing. 38 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Uh, you know, that's probably more impressive than his, you know, numbers as far as wins and losses go. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers is great. Did he make some wonderful um, kind of otherworldly whatever plays this week? Yeah, he did. But they didn't score from early in the third quarter on versus the Seahawks. You know, all 28 of their points happened early in the third quarter. They went the entire second half of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter without putting points up when the game was on the line. So... Can the 49ers beat the Packers? Hell yes, they can. They're seven-point favorites, and it should be a little bit higher than that. Are the 49ers going to win on Sunday? Yes, I believe they are. 
do I think that we blow them out by almost 30 points? No, I don't. You know, this was asked of Kyle Shanahan. You know, uh, <laughs> what do you? I think the question, the way it was phrased, was, "How do you talk to your players uh, who have the mindset of, you know, oh well, we can just go in and blow them out again?" And Kyle Shanahan said, "Don't be stupid. Don't be that stupid." Because you got to understand it's a different team, and they got out of their game plan early and all those things. But, again, let's go back. You know, again, I looking over my scouting report that I did for us all the way back in that game, we didn't have Joe Staley. We didn't have D. Ford. We didn't have Robbie Gold. Matt Breida was doubtful. Kittle was doubtful. Um, Sanders was questionable. Debo was questionable. All those guys are healthy now. Um, so definitely do I expect the 49ers to win? Yeah, we're going to do our due diligence. We're going to break into film. We're going to do all those things, but super excited to see, um, how this 49ers team can come out, you know, being the favorites. Everybody kept picking the Minnesota Vikings last week and whatever. That's fine. Cool. You know, Sherman talked about that as well. And I'm going to go ahead and jump into some of the film here. So if you have, if you are watching this on YouTube or Periscope or Twitch or Twitter, you can kind of see um, going over. I just uploaded my offensive film study of the entire game. It's over an hour-long breakdown, which I just uploaded on the Patreon page. And so if you haven't joined the Patreon page yet, I don't know what you're doing. You guys need to head over there, support the podcast. One, it's awesome anyway, just because you get so much stinking film. I upload every breakdown, the audio version only. I upload also the video, what you're seeing now with my audio overlaid on it. And I do want to say thank you to Miles, Matthew, Darren, Cobb Q, Bo, Terry, Matt, Red Eye, Jedi, uh, recent people that have joined the Patreon page and are helping out the 49ers Rush podcast. Cannot say thank you enough. But, as, you know, as I went through and just did the offense, I want to do the defense tomorrow. Couple things are consistent with this film. One, the offensive line, everything starts up front. You know, if you look at what playoff teams have, it's good offensive line and good defensive line. And the 49ers won both of those. And I don't think it was close on either side. Everybody wanted to talk about how great this Minnesota Vikings defense was, and it is great. Not trying to belittle what they have been able to put together. But anytime you allow a team to run 47 times, <laughs> that's a lot. Um, 47 is a lot of rushes, and it worked very, very well. You know, they the 49ers were able to run all game and they just kept pounding the ball. You know, only 300 total yards, which isn't a lot. But whenever you are averaging four yards per rush for 47 attempts, it's going to wear on you, especially whenever you consider the fact that the Vikings only rush for 21 total yards. That's it. So it changes the way in which you're going to call the game and feel about the game. And if you watched any of the 49ers press conference, post-game press conferences, almost every single player talked about, hey, they were arguing and yelling at each other late in the game. You just completely broke their will. They had 10-man boxes a lot of times, and we just kept running it. And so do I think that we can blow the Packers out? Yes, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think all four teams in the playoffs that are left, they're there for a reason. I would not be shocked if the Titans won it all, the Chiefs won it all, the Packers won it all, and I sure as hell am not going to be shocked if the 49ers win it all, who I think they should be the favorites. Um, personally, I think it's going to be Chiefs-Niners. I said that before the playoffs started. I really did think those were the two best teams moving into the playoffs, and I, I, I re-up on that right now. Uh, 49ers and the Chiefs, I think, are by far the two best teams. 
Um, let's see here from Harvey Hughes. John, what do you think of this rematch? Um, do you think it will be close? I do think it will be closer. The spread's seven points. But, um, I, you know, I would take the 49ers as long as it's under 10. <laughs> so I, I think nine points would be where the cutoff will be. You know, um, I'm a pretty big fan of the 49ers, and I understand I'm biased. But I think that we took a turn with our defense this week. Our offense stayed very similar. You know, 300 total yards. We scored three touchdowns. We get two field goals. That's great. 27 points. That's awesome. But the defense is what is the difference. We're back to that weeks one through eight defense that was just so stellar. Uh, oh, awesome. Check this out from Kiwi Warrior. Let's go from New Zealand. I love it. You know, I if you guys follow me on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman, I put this out there. I was just looking through some stats and stuff when I was watching the um, – Seahawks game watching the Seahawks lose and man our last podcast that we uploaded um 21 different countries downloaded that bad boy uh you know people living in 21 different countries it's amazing the uh statistical analysis that iTunes analysis that iTunes puts out that's crazy that's nuts to me um but anyway just want to say thank you guys no matter where you're listening uh it's pretty cool and i i really do enjoy it whenever people let me know i get lots of emails just from people you know talking about how they don't get any coverage where they live overseas or they're stationed and all those things and it's pretty cool to hear that it's a community and that's what the faithful is and it's pretty cool and pretty special as i said started this episode out going through this season and how special it truly is this is awesome this is a lot of fun and i think we're going to be around for a long time <laughs> Um, Wally Lama, John, do you think Witherspoon can make an impact on special teams? Man, I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, I wanted to share this tweet that was sent out from Jennifer Lee Chan. She does a great job, uh, covering the 49ers and, you know, upon, this is a quote to read her to her tweet upon being released, uh, replaced by Emmanuel Mosley on defense. Akello Witherspoon went up to the special teams coordinator, Richard Hightower, and asked for all of Mosley's reps on special teams so that he could have all of his energy on defensive snaps. That is awesome. You know, I, I I retweeted that out and just said football reveals character. Uh, from playing, coaching, covering teams, uh, he, people want to say football builds character. I think that it can, but I think it truly shows who you are. You know, there's lots of turds in the NFL like Ray Lewis, um, you know, just awful human beings that just should not be around other people in society. He played football his whole life and he never got better. He got worse, as a matter of fact. People like Antonio Brown, and you know, you could get into issues that are going on with psychological mental health and things like that. But the thing is this, you have this guy in Akella Witherspoon who has played very, very bad. And I get that. And that's part of this podcast is to evaluate the play that's on the field. And we're going to do that. And so somebody called me out saying I was piling on Akella Witherspoon. I've said this from the beginning. I'm an Akello Witherspoon fan. I want him to be the best corner that's out there. But whenever he plays bad, I'm going to report that. That's what this podcast is. Um, I'm not the type of person that's just going to kiss everybody's butt. That's not who I am. Uh, I'm the type of person that everybody's going to know within the first two minutes, I like this guy or hell no, John Chapman, get out of my face. And I'm cool with that. I am not a crowd pleaser. I never want to be that person. Um, however... I don't want to be the person either that's not authentic, okay? I love Akella Witherspoon as a person. 
Um, I've gone back and watched his high school soccer film whenever I was doing my draft analysis of, about him. I know a lot about the kid. I think he's awesome. I think his technique is amazing. I l- love his talent and his foot quickness and all those things, his length. All that's great. His attitude's amazing. I just don't want him playing in the playoffs. Now, if an injury happens, I'd be happy for him to come in as a backup. I think that's where he belongs right now. But I do think long-term, he is going to be competing for a starting corner job. But you can't play cornerback position without confidence. And that has been lost. So, back to your question, Wally Lama. Yes, uh, Kella Witherspoon is somebody I love the attitude and the mental you know, makeup to how can I help this team and going and pursuing that. Love it. Absolutely love it. I am the biggest Akello fan that's out there. However, um, I don't want him out there for the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. But if an injury happens, I'm going to be standing up, clapping for him, and hoping hoping he does well. And that's kind of what it is. So, uh, And I apologize to those people that think like I'm piling or picking on this kid. Absolutely not. Um, but I am going to tell you if he plays bad, which he did. Um, here we go. Casual viewer. Joey Bosa wants to sign with the 49ers when he hits free agency. I love it. Um, I would be so happy if we got both Bosa brothers. Uh, they're a hell of players. Very, very special. But um, we'll have to see. There, there's We're going to devote a lot of time to cap uh, the free agencies, uh, who's out there, and kind of the draft and all that once we get there. Let's stay where we're at right now. Um, I would love to have Bosa, but at what cost? Uh, would you choose Bosa over Eric Armstead and uh, another key? Uh, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who we're going to have to re-sign, but Eric Armstead or Joey Bosa, if you put those two guys in a vacuum, who would you prefer? Uh, we know Eric Armstead fits. Joey Bosa fits every team in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. But um, you know, I'm big on rewarding players that got us there, and the back-to-back seasons by Armstead, they're stupid. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It is absolutely stupid what he has been able to do. Um, Harvey, um, any grades for returning players, Quan D and Tart? Thank you. Appreciate you asking that. Let's do that. Um, so we're going to do a defensive episode, but you ask and you shall receive, my friend. Let me uh, pull that up here. Uh, the defensive players actually did not grade out well. So Quan Alexander only got 25 snaps, and he had a 58.1 grade, which was actually second worst for the defense. Now, a 58 grade isn't bad, but it's not good either. He did have two missed tackles. He didn't register any stats. Uh, Quan did a great job in the passing game. A couple of the screens that didn't go right were because of him. And even the missed tackles, like I, I the formula that Pro Football Focus uses, is it grades plus two, um, plus one, zero, minus one, minus two. So really good plays plus two, really bad plays minus two. It's kind of, and then you accumulate all that out. So a missed tackle is a minus two. That's a huge for them. But he was able to stop the forward momentum of the ball carrier each time to where his other people got him. So even though he was missing tackles, um, he didn't give up any additional yards with those. Everybody else was, he was able to cut off the momentum and then the tackles were made. Quan was key. And was it rusty? A little bit. But in the NFC, he's got his game back, and that's going to be cute. D Ford, he did a hell of a job in pass rush. You know, he had three total pressures, one sack, one quarterback hit, and one hurry, and only 22 snaps. I was surprised. I thought D Ford was going to be between 15 to 20. And, you know, if you look at how many snaps there were, there were only 46 total snaps by the Vikings because they couldn't get going. Um, so D Ford graded with a 60.9. Um, 
That's key. And Jaquaski Tart, he graded with a 72.4, and he played every snap. Tart had a good game, not a great game, but he wasn't really tested much in the passing game at all. Uh, great run support, however, and a great game there. But uh, let's jump over now to the offensive grades, top five, bottom five. On the offensive side, Kendrick Bourne, baby, 84.2, number one, despite the huge drops. And a lot of that had to do with just how big his catches were on third down. And, you know, depending on how long I talk for (laughs) and you're watching uh, the film that's on here right now, you're about to see the very first Kendrick Bourne big play. That's the touchdown there just on the slant route where he got behind the linebackers and... Man, just just a great job by Bourne showing up in big moments. Now, he had the drops. It's almost like if it's an easy pass, he's going to drop it. If it's crucial, he'll catch it. But, man, if the 49ers can just cut out the drops, it makes you think how special this offense and team can be. Because, really, I think there's only one weakness position, and that's the wide receiver position. And you could talk about Debo. You could talk about Emmanuel Sanders. You could talk about Kendrick Bourne. They're awesome. I love them. But all of them have flaws, right? Uh, Kendrick Bourne, he's got a lot of drops on the season. Uh, His run-blocking grades are the worst of any wide receiver we have on the team. You'd think because he's a bigger guy, he'd be a great run blocker, but he actually has the lowest on the season by far. Dante Pettis actually has the highest of everybody. We haven't seen him in a long time. Um, But anyway, you look at Debo. You know, We had that one drive that was the Debo drive where he had a false start, the very next play, he had a huge, awesome you know, third and 19 conversion where he fought for the first down with amazing effort. Then he gets a reverse and fumbles it, but then it gets overturned. So you just have this constant up and down with these young wide receivers, and then you jump to Emmanuel Sanders. Two catches on the first drive. Back-to-back catches for back-to-back first downs. No more catches the rest of the game. Um, I think we're at three or four games in a row where Emmanuel Sanders has not logged a reception in the second or third quarters. He shows up early in the script. You know, the Kyle Shanahan, he scripts out about 20 plays to start every game. Then he disappears. We've got to keep him involved throughout the game. We kind of abandon him uh, right after the first series, and I don't understand why. So, you know, we look at what the 49ers have as an entire team Offensive line, not worried about whatsoever. Quarterback, I'm fine. Running backs, good lord, they're amazing. Use check, great tight ends, wonderful. Defensive line, wonderful. You know, secondary, so much depth there now. Linebackers, you got to be kidding me. It's that wide receiver core. And, you know, in today's NFL with the cap structure and all those things, nobody's complete. But if this wide receiver core is our weakness, I'm okay with that. Really am. Debo can step up and score any time. Manuel Sanders, great routes and hands. And then you got Kendrick Bourne, who just shows up at times where you're just like, wow, uh, that is awesome. So I, I will take that. I will take that. Um, now, back to the scores real quick. Ben Garland, 82.8. So Brandon Newton, to answer your question, he played wonderfully well. Um, George Kittle, 78.5. He was third. And again, run blocking grade. He was just everywhere. The point of attack, the reason why all of those outside zone tosses and stretch plays work, George Kittle. He's at the point of attack going one-on-one with Danielle Hunter and Everson Griffin and winning consistently. George Kittle, it doesn't make sense. That this he's playing like an offensive tackle. If you switch jerseys with George Kittle and Joe Staley, you wouldn't know the difference. 
You wouldn't. I understand he's a little thicker around the edges, but the way that they block, and again, Joe Staley's one of the best run-blocking offensive tackles in the history of the NFL, definitely for the 49ers. But then you look at what Kittle is able to be putting up right now, it doesn't make sense. You know, He only had three catches, but his impact on the game was monumental. Ran the ball 47 times for four yards per against one of the best run-stopping defenses in the NFL. George Kittle's a big reason why. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, 78.1. He had some bad plays. Forgot the snap count twice uh, on back-to-back plays. Uh, He was laid off the ball, gave up a sack. Then early on the next play, got a false start. But he still ended up with the 78.1, and a lot of that was his run blocking. He graded an 89.6 run blocking grade, which is elite. That is elite. Tevin Coleman, 75.6, and Mike Person, 75.6. They round out the top five. Um, but I mean, you can keep going. Levine Tololo, a guy we haven't talked about much. He came out 19 snaps, 74.7 Staley, 74.1 Debo, 67.4 Lakin, 66. And that kind of stops the positive graded players or, and that's the top half. It really, really is. Now, um, ju- before we jump into our next segment, I do want to say thank you to our sponsors, BlueChew.com. These guys are awesome. They uh, <laughs> had a great conversation with them this week, and they want to continue to support the 49ers Rush podcast, and I just want to say thank you to them. And you guys, if you haven't already, head over to BlueChew.com. Blue like the color. And what you're going to do is you just sign up all there. Now, what this is, Blue Chew, they offer a product that if you're struggling in the bedroom, they got you. And the same active ingredients that's found in Cialis and Viagra. And what you're going to do is just head over there, use promo code 49ers, 49ERS. Your first shipment's absolutely free. Just pay for the shipping. It's 5 bucks. Um, and they take care of the whole process. You don't have to go have an awkward meeting with a doctor. It's all online. You answer a couple questions on there. They ship it to you in a very discreet package, and you can use it anytime you want. Uh, full stomach, empty stomach, nighttime, morning time, anytime you need it, it's there available for you. And here's the thing about them. Uh, it's so easy. Uh, <laughs> you answer the questions online. doesn't take much time at all, and they're going to get you the product that you need, and it's completely discreet, not awkward whatsoever. So if you need to rebuild your confidence in the bedroom, that is bluechew.com. They got you. Amazing company and great customer service if you have any question. As always, use promo code 49ers, 49 e R-S. Now, let's jump to the players that are towards the bottom. The bad players, if you will. Um, Matt Breida, 29.1. He only got 11 snaps, but uh, fumbled, missed a couple cuts. Kind of curious, you know. Is Matt Breida time over? You know, a lot of people calling um, you know, for Jeff Wilson Jr. to come off the inactive spot because he's just sitting there waiting in the, w- the wings. But And I'm the biggest breed of guy there is. I, I've been calling for him since he was an undrafted free agent out of Georgia Southern. Blew up, you know, all the metrics and spark scores and all that. But it just seems like something's not right. He got the first carry of the game. He got the first carry of the game. But then, you know, the fumble at the end, that was key. That was absolutely key. Only got 11 snaps, as I said. But some, I, I'm curious to see if, one, he gets any touches. Two, if he's even active. Um, outside of injury, it's kind of problematic there. Really, really is. Now, the next four players, they kind of came in. Uh, Richie James only had three snaps. Dwelly, six snaps. Brunskill and School, they were just out there whenever they nailed the ball, so they don't really count. 
Now, the next lowest player is Raheem Mostert with a 61.2, which is not a low score. So, yes, somebody had to be at the bottom. It's really Matt Breida. Everybody else is relatively high. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, 62.7. Jimmy Garoppolo, 65.5. Sanders, 65.7. So, you've got these guys. The offense played really, really well. <laughs> Marcos, I love it. Uh, Skull. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, anyway, Chris, uh, more questions. Aaron Rodgers looks tired. He reminds me of the last few years of Dan Marino. He's a salty old curmudgeon. Um, I, lo I love the elf reference from there uh, and Will Ferrell. Great movie, Chris. Appreciate that. He looks different. There's no doubt about that. If you watch the closing remarks when Aaron Andrews, you know, questioned him on the field and they have, you know, an interesting relationship for sure. But she asked him if he had a motto at the end of the game. And I thought this is hilarious because, again, keep in mind, Aaron Rodgers is a Northern California kid. He's been around his whole life. He's been a 49ers fan since he was a kid. He was upset when they didn't get picked. He says he's going to go home. This is what Aaron Rodgers said. Not me. <laughs> Don't get mad at me, people. He said, I'm going to go home, have a glass of scotch, and then prepare for San Fran. And Twitter just like was like, oh, San Fran, <laughs> which, you know, I'm not a San Francisco native. I'm not. I became a 49ers fan. If you don't know my story, um, I had a stepdad I couldn't stand at nine years old. I couldn't stand him. I grew up in Dallas and he was the biggest Cowboys fan ever. So I started rooting for the 49ers just to piss this stepdad off. And I asked him all I wanted for Christmas or for my birthday. I'm sorry. My 10th birthday was a Jerry Rice jersey. Uh, he refused to buy it for me. And so my wife, my my mom got mad at him. Why won't you get him the one thing he wants, whatever? And so the fact that he had to buy me a 49ers Jerry Rice jersey uh, was everything. I still have it. It's the first thing I see in my closet every single day. So I'm not a San Francisco native. However, I've been there more times than I can count, and I love the city, love the people there. But uh, I do like how, <laughs> um, you know, he, he, he kind of just poking. He's poking the bear. And... I'm not quite sure how much I believe in this Aaron Rodgers, you know, whatever. Um, I think he's really good. I don't think that he has the best supporting cast. I think that he's got two amazing weapons and Aaron Jones, who's got 20 plus touchdowns on the year. And obviously the wide receiver, Devontae Adams. Outside of that, it's kind of those three in a good offensive line creating. But whenever you cannot get the running game established in that offense, which they run the same offense as we do, everything breaks down. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have a hard time, especially with how healthy we are. Um, yeah, Sergio, hats off to Witherspoon for not sulking. Yeah, I love it. I love the attitude that permeates this entire program. I'm exactly with you. Um, John, uh, what's a more favorable matchup for us, Kansas City or the Titans? Oh, the Titans by a mile. Um, I do not want to play the Chiefs, but I would. I think the 49ers will be favored against the Chiefs, but they defy all odds. You know, there's teams where you can play them and say, if we just do this, we're going to be able to win or be competitive. Can't do that with the Chiefs at all. Um, they don't have to run the ball to score 50 points. Uh, they could have a terrible quarter, as we saw, give up, fall 24 nothing down in the first quarter, and then win by 20 points. Chiefs are a scary team. Uh, they're, they're not a traditional team. Now, the one thing that you can talk about... <laughs> Reed has never won a Super Bowl. And so uh, I, they are by far the most dangerous team left outside the 49ers. Their defense is sneaky, sneaky good. It really, really is. Metrics-wise, film-wise, there's a lot of top-end talent on that defense. Um, 
and that's if Chris, Chris Jones is out there, which we'll have to see what happens there. So, yeah, I would much rather play the Titans, shut down Derrick Henry, which sounds easy. However, 49ers defense is built um, to stop the running game. So I, I do think that we would play much better against the Tennessee Titans, but they're both good. Um, as I said starting this podcast, I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans won the whole damn thing or the Chiefs. All four teams left in this can win it all. I'd say the team with the least likely chance, Green Bay Packers. Um, I'd put us first, Packers last, Chiefs second, and then the Titans third. You like how I ordered those? That's what happens in my brain all the time. I can't do one through four. It just doesn't work. So <laughs> to reiterate, I'd say, you know, top down who I would be, who I think the best chances to win the whole thing, 49ers, Chiefs, Titans, Packers would be dead last for me. So, um, again, uh, another Joey Bosa thing that he wants to join us. I want Joey Bosa. I do. Um, it's just, it's, it's the opportunity cost. You know, I teach economics and it's not just, okay, that's cool. You want the car or you want the house. What do you have to give up for it? Um, yeah, I get it. Everybody wants to play video games, but what do you lose when you play video games? Uh, what is not happening? And I think that's key. Um, yeah, Alan, what happened to Brita? He looks like damaged goods. Something's not right. I uh, hope the kid's okay. You know, you always uh, hope everything's all right, but it's it's a mental thing. Ball security is mental. You know, Earl Campbell, the old Texas Rose, uh, he, he changed the way. He had a huge fumbling problem and just changed the way he did things. And, then, you know, he passed that on to Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber passed that on kind of to Adrian Peterson, even though he never learned. But it, it's a mental thing. And until it's right up here, it just doesn't it, it it just doesn't translate. So it wasn't an issue for him his first year. Hopefully he can fix that. I really do think that he is. Um, at home, dude, uh, smash the like button, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Take that how you want it. Uh, yeah, hit the like button, subscribe. That helps us out so much. Really appreciate that. The algorithms on YouTube and everywhere else. The more you like it, the more people listen. The more people listen, the more uh, podcasts we can bring your way. So please help us out with that. Uh, what do you see when comparing Witherspoon from Mosley? First off, Witherspoon is so much more talented. His ceiling is so much higher. Mosley, so much more physical and uber competitive. Okay, Mosley is a lot shorter. Mosley's metrics are exactly like Odell Beckham's. They're almost identical, except whenever you look at athleticism and the measurements for you know three cones stuff like that. But Mosley's body type is like that. You look at Witherspoon, he is he's much more tall, skinny, lanky, long soccer player. Um, so th that's a difference. Witherspoon should be the better corner. He's a third-round pick out of Colorado, mostly undrafted free agent. So, But that doesn't mean everything. Uh, mentality, mostly is very similar to Kwan Williams. He wants to hit you and stay close to you at all times, whereas Witherspoon is a finesse press corner which means he wants to be in your hip pocket and then go-go gadget arms, knock the ball away. And during this whole thing with Akello struggling, he's been in position. He really has been. He's just not making plays on the ball. So that's something that he's got to forget. Um, let's see here from Zach Campbell. John, I forgot. Who played at corner in the last Green Bay game and how was their coverage? Uh, that is a great question. Um, I do think that was it. Kello Weatherspoon in there. Here, I got the box score right here. Let's pull this up. Let's see what I can find. No, Emmanuel Mosley was in there. He had five uh, tackles. So that was an Emmanuel Mosley game. That was not a. Um, 
Akello game. So there you go, Zach. Um, and obviously he played well. They only got seven points. That's going to be key again because, again, they're going to target two people. You're going to target two of them. You've got Devontae Adams like crazy, and then you've got Aaron Jones out of the backfield. They'll sprinkle in some tight end stuff with Jimmy Graham, who's very old but still serviceable, and Zach Met or Mettenberger. Not Zach Mettenberger. Sorry about that. Sternberger. Jay Sternberger, the tight, Ricky tight end out of Texas A&M that I've been high on. He got injured, was on IR, but they just brought him back. Um, so uh, from Gibster, uh, at John Chabot, thanks for retweeting my 49ers home attendance tweet. Um that tweet is still blowing up, and I'm getting tagged in so many threads of trash-talking Seahawk haters. Love it, man. Glad I could help, Gibster. Yeah, it was a, that was an awesome tweet. Love it, man. Um, from Del Mar, John, do you think that DC Solo will keep the same defensive scheme against the pack or change up the scheme just a bit? No, we're going to stay the same thing, except we're not going to be in as much 4-3. We're going to be in a lot more nickel package. So... A little bit less snaps for Drain Greenlaw and Quan Alexander, and a lot more snaps for Kwan Williams, which is okay. Nothing bad about that. Um, so, but yeah, that's what it's going to be. And again, uh, the film is out there. I need to re-release a couple of things and some more clips from the last time we played the Packers, just so everybody can see it. So, if you're not following me on Twitter yet, make sure you're doing that because uh, I'll be putting a lot of that out there. And again, as always. Um, you know, we're going to be talking betting on here. Uh, our sponsors, mybookie.ag, the sports book, the number one sports bet betting site in the world. They're amazing. You know, the 49, again, if you haven't signed up already, head over there, mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers49ERS. 49 They're going to double your initial deposit. And, you know, let's just talk about the 49ers right now. Seven and a half point fade. It's gone up. Wow. Um, the spread has gone up since we started the podcast, and this is how often um, my bookie updates their lines. You got to be quick with it. We were seven points right before I started this podcast. It just jumped up to seven and a half. So we're seven and a half point favorites. The money line is minus 360, and the over-under is 45 and a half. Again, I told you, um, I already put one bet in at seven. I'm going to put another bet in at seven and a half. That's just what I'm going to do. Until that thing gets to nine and a half, I'm taking the 49ers. Um, we'll have some other prop bets later on for my bookie. But if you want to bet tonight, Clemson is plus six. Okay, you want to bet this national championship game, Clemson is plus six points. They're 25 and 0. They're the defending champions. I love LSU and Joe Burrow's amazing. I'm taking those points. I'm taking Clemson plus six, and it's not close. Here we go. I'm going to do this right now and show you how easy it is to bet on mybookie.ag. Just click plus six. You go up to how much you want to bet. I'm throwing down 20 big ones because I'm John Chapman, and that's my story. Now, you can even buy points. I just bought a point because just in case they get that touchdown, okay? That changes. I'm betting 20 to win 14.29. Place bet. Boom. Just put down the bet. That's how easy it is on my bookie. Um, and you can get as complex as you wanted and parlay a bunch of things. I just put $20 down on Clemson if you want to join me because I want those points, and I even added points. So I'm getting a free touchdown for the defending national championship. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I will take that all day. I'm kind of mad I only bet 20 I might do some more later on. Um Anyway, John, um, <laughs> you owe uh, Tevin Coleman an apology. He balled his rear end off. Of course, I abbreviated that. Um, you are exactly correct. And, you know, in my broadcast, 
or the what's it called that I just did. I talked for a long time about how it's Tevin Coleman's world and we just live in it. 22 rushing attempts, 105 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, two touchdowns. And the craziest thing about the offensive performance, you know, we rushed 47 times. The longest run in the game was 11 yards. That means every single run was four to seven yards. It was just in that tier of just a positive run. We were facing loaded boxes all the time. Didn't matter. We were just hitting them right in the mouth repeatedly, and it didn't stop. 47 rushes, 80, 186 yards and two touchdowns, average four yards per carry. And again, Tevin Coleman, yeah, you're exactly right. And I, I've been saying for the longest time, I don't mind Tevin Coleman getting carries. I just don't want him to be the starter. But, uh, man, yeah, we get Matt Breida, you know, <laughs> comes out and gets the first snap on offense. And not even Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert was the third running back in the game. Um, Kyle Shanahan could do with anybody. And shout out to Tevin Coleman. He played so tough. 22 carries against that defense is not an easy thing. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, next week. But you can never know. You, you never really know what he's going to do. Um yeah, thanks, Deb. Uh, he likes the Blue Chew commercial. Love it. Um, Andre, John, have you heard anything about the Hot Mic app yet? No, our meeting is in New York tomorrow. Um, so we will have to see what's happening there. Um, again, I can't be there, but the CEO of Hot Mic is flying out to uh, New York to meet with the NFL leaders, and they're trying to figure some stuff out. Uh, that's going to be a win-win. So I will let you guys know. Andre probably won't hear anything by tomorrow. I'm hoping to hear something later, and got to drop this bombshell on you guys. You guys might get upset at me. Um, one, obviously I'm going to be covering the 49ers game, whether on Twitter, um, podcast afterwards, all those things. Um, I have a tree uh, ski trip planned this weekend, but it's not going to affect anything with the 49ers Rush podcast. But I did want to give you guys a heads up because I'm going to be up in Utah skiing with a bunch of old high school coaching buddies. Uh, their seasons are over, and they have like one weekend before track starts. And so this weekend, you know, nine straight years, we have gone on a ski trip this weekend, Martin Luther King weekend. So uh, I might be a little bit harder to reach than normal, but it will not interrupt your 49ers Rush programming whatsoever we're still going to have four podcasts this week still all of the patreon breakdowns and if the hot mic thing goes well i will be broadcasting live uh from on top of the mountain <laughs> so uh just want to let you know if you guys usually you know uh, messages on twitter and youtube and all those things i might be a little bit behind so uh just want to say Keep that in mind. Uh, do want to just give you a heads up there. Again, all the podcasts will be up there. So because of that, uh, we will be back again tomorrow, and I will be bringing you guys all of the defensive film from the 49ers, which wasn't that much. <laughs> 46 total snaps on the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers, and we'll just keep talking. So talk defense a little bit tomorrow, then we'll have our full scouting report probably on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm flying out Thursday. Um, I might just be able to record that. Um, anyway, we'll figure that out. So I just want to give you a heads up. It's going to be a little bit different there, but all four episodes still going to be here. Uh, no way in hell I am leaving anybody out to dry during this awesome time. Um, this is wonderful, and enjoy it. And so until next time, again, always head over to Patreon. Uh, that is huge. Just look up 49ers Rush Podcast. Join us over there. Frank Gortier, 8 bucks a month. Help us out. And then BlueChew.com and MyBookie.ag, promo code 49ers. But until next time, just want to say thank you, guys. Enjoy this week. And, man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. One more win away from the Super Bowl, baby. Stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.